The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Stacking the Box, March 2nd. It's Carmen, it's Berteram, it's J.J. Watt ending up in Arizona. Happy, the best day of the year is coming up here, Berteram. Spring forward, you tee that up in one of our fan-sided morning get the group together meetings this week. So I just want to thank you for making me a happy man. I had, it was not on my radar that Saturday, my life was going to change. It's my favorite day of the year. It's a beautiful thing. And I cannot stand the people who bitch about the, Oh, you're going to lose an hour of sleep. Who cares? Shut up. You know, I, I want more sunlight when I get out of work. Okay. I love being in my home office. It is my favorite room of the house, but it is in the basement. It does not have a window. I'm working on that, working on getting a window, but right now it does not. So I like going out and taking a nice three-mile walk after work. I do it every day, and I like having it in the sunlight. So springing forward is going to be awesome. I'm all for it. That, along with all the snow melting, I felt like a, a week ago we had like four feet of snow here in Illinois. Now, down to about half a foot, and the uh, temperatures are climbing. So it, things are turning around got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and now America is, is helping to produce it. Um, so we're, we're rolling. We're you're having vac- a good week. You're vaccinated. No, God, no, I wish I was, but I'm not yet. But uh, my wife, Steph, she got her first vaccination on Thursday and she gets her, her last one in a few weeks. Um, and then the old man is scheduled at the end of the month for his first shot. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. We are getting there. But no, but now that Johnson & Johnson, the one-shot vaccine this year, and their competitors, Merrick, uh, they are producing it now as well, spoke this morning. So good news all the way around. 
if you're, if you're not getting a vaccine, whatever, that's your call. But if you are getting vaccine, you're certainly excited about that. If you're, if you're not getting a vaccine, don't be an idiot. Get the damn vaccine. It's not about you. Get on the program. We need to get in the vaccine. I can't wait to get the vaccine. I have no idea when I'm getting the vaccine. Nobody wants to hear about the vaccine. Let's talk football. So, did, you, did you have Arizona as your landing spot for J.J. Watt? I know the answer to that is no. How surprised were you? Very. Um, very surprised. You know, I think the, the general consensus when he became a free agent was, well, he could go home to the Packers or he could play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. And, and, and I never was convinced of either of those teams because of the cap situation, although I thought the Packers might be more of a, a reasonable spot. Then you heard all this stuff about Cleveland. Could he go there? You know, they just won 11-5. and five. They won a playoff game. Like, okay, I could see that. The Cardinals started out five and two last year, and I was the leader of the Cardinals bandwagon because I picked them in the uh, summer to be a potential playoff team. And they finished the year after starting five and two, they finished three and six. And one of those wins was on a Hail Mary. They did not play well. They were awful down this. Now, you want to make the argument that they're an up and coming team? Okay, maybe. But I was very surprised. But then I saw the contract and I no longer was surprised. Well, and what what's being reported out there though is that he had greater or better offers elsewhere. It's been reported and then been rebuked by some other people. Reported, so it's hard to rebuked, say what's so true and so what's nobody not. knows. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, listen, I, I get it. Uh, who knows what's true? Bottom line, if I'm him, I get to go live in Arizona, get a right. little. I I get a. You know, I'm playing in a division that in theory can be wide open. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, Russell Wilson? And, you know, it's uh, – I, I suppose you can you can look at it like with my impact in that division on a team that probably should have been in the playoffs last year, not a bad place to retire. And, by the way, if they were actually offering me the most money, or even if they weren't, $31 million is not exactly a bad parting check to your NFL career – you know, I think this will probably be the last big deal that J.J. Watt's going to be able to get. Um, I did the, – the romance of him being in Green Bay was was much greater, but money-wise, it never really made a whole lot of sense. No, it, it didn't. And this is a lot of money. Like, two years, $31 million for J.J. Watt at this point, it's a lot of money. I personally was very surprised that he got that amount. And, and you know, probably should not have been – if for no other reason, because all it takes is one team, and I've learned that lesson year after year after year. And I do believe, and this is just my opinion, that it probably was a situation of, yeah, one team. Because for the Cardinals to pay him that amount of money to me is insane. Um, I, I respect the career J.J. Watt has had. That doesn't mean he's worth this kind of money at this point. And to be frank... He's not worth this kind of money at this point. Doesn't mean he can't have a good year. Doesn't mean he can't even have one great year left in him. He turns 32 in a couple of weeks. The last five years, so 2016 on, here are the stats. 2016, three games played, one and a half sacks. 2017, five games played, no sacks. 2018 was the big year. 16 games played, led the league with seven forced fumbles, 16 sacks. He was 29 years old for that year. Pro Bowl, first team All-Pro. 2019, 
eight games played, four sacks. Last year, 16 games played, five sacks. Now, I get they stunk around him for a lot of that time. He's getting all the attention, so on and so forth. The Cardinals of Chandler Jones. I get all that. He's still 32 with a major injury history over the last five years. I think they overpaid him. I get why they probably had to overpay him, but I think they overpaid him. And if you're J.J. Watt, like, I get the reasons you'd go there. You you get money. You get Kyler Murray. You get Arizona, the, the destination of living out there and enjoying the weather. You also get the best division in football. Like, if the Niners are healthy, the, the Cardinals are the worst team in that division. And that and the Cardinals are decent, but like that that division, they're the worst team in it. Who do you think is dominant in that division, though? I think it's a crapshoot. I don't know that JMB's dominant. Seattle is Russell Wilson, and we'll get that here in a little bit. I think they're the favorite. I think they're the favorite, and I think the Rams are better than the Cardinals, and I think the Niners are better. Like all, and for the record, I think all those teams could get the double digit wins. So it probably comes down to who's healthiest, who gets a break here or there. Okay, there's not a huge gap, but if you if you said to me, hey, you got to rank them, the Cardinals. If the Niners are healthy, the Cardinals are four, or, yeah, the Cardinals are fourth. Cardinals are the fourth team. I, I suppose you could certainly make a, a a good argument that they are the worst team in the division, but Seattle is just loaded with dysfunction right now. The Niners are still figuring out the Garoppolo situation. Uh, is Matthew Stafford going to land and and be impactful? I actually would bet that he is, but it's still a qu- – I don't know. Like, the whole division seems like a crapshoot. Kyler Murray, are you going to be one step better this year? Um, so, and and I may, may – I'm trying to get in his head and just trying to figure out, did you do this about the money there, bro, or are you about the winning? And at the end of the day, does it really matter? If his – if he – bottom line, if he didn't have the personality that he has, there's no way he's getting that deal. People just love J.J. Watt. Like, I do th- – there's a certain – extra boost that he gets from being the character J.J. Watt guy. And I think there's just a, an attraction to him. If, if this was just a rando dude with those stats and that age and he had no personality, there's no way he's getting that contract. Do you agree? Well, yes. I also think he's getting paid off the fact that for you know five years, he was the best player in the NFL and not just a defensive end. Certainly the best defensive player, and you could argue the best player in the NFL. Um, but that was five years ago. I, I'm, how long ago was that? Is right, right, right. I mean, it, and that's look like if you said to me just in a vacuum, would you rather have JJ Watt over the next two years, or would you yeah. rather have, I don't know, Bud Dupree? Even off the ACL, I'd rather have Bud Dupree. Like, now, could you get Bud Dupree for two and thirty-one? I think I'll, you talk. Some people don't even think he's going to get a one-year deal. Um, and we'll touch on that in a second. But I'll give you another guy. Would I rather have Justin Houston or JJ Watt over the next two years? I can make a very compelling case. I'd, I'd much rather have Justin Houston. He's not the team over the last two years, and he's been very good in Indy. Like, and he's also very good against the run. Like, I can make a very compelling case that you're better off with Justin Houston over the next two years than you are J.J. Watt. Tyus Bowser, Jalen Brown, not a, you know, I, I don't know. Give, give, me, give me rando guy for, uh, who, who rushes the passer for half the money and is younger. 
it, it, but go Arizona. You, you, you get your JJ Watt on and uh, maybe, Hey, listen, uh, JJ, however it goes, he's, he's coming up a winner on this one. Guys, thank you for listening, but this is an important message. Support for stacking the box is now being brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming company. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping. You cannot beat it. So go over to manscaped.com. Check out all their latest stuff, including the Lawnmower 3.0. What's the perfect package? Check it out. It's a can't miss. Manscaped, something if you're a man, you need to be aware of. Again, go to manscaped.com and for the code, it's fansided20. Let, let's talk Russell Wilson. And his list is um, bizarre. The Cowboys, the Raiders, the Bears. Who am I missing? Saints. The Saints. New Orleans makes the most sense, actually. Um, why You want to go to the Bears because you think that you'll be the biggest thing in the history of Chicago if you're good? That's the only thing that makes sense there. You want to the, – the coaching st- – you're not coming for an elite defense. You're not coming because you're stacked with offensive weapons. You don't even know if Allen Robinson's going to be back. You're not coming because you think you're going to be coached up incredibly well. That doesn't make any sense. Dallas, the, 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 the home of dysfunction. Yeah. And, and, and the Raiders are, are bizarre too. I mean, maybe you want to – maybe you think that Gruden's going to be the quarterback whisperer and you want to live in Vegas. But, like, none of that list is just bizarre. Uh, that being said – you want to come to Chicago? I, I'm all in here. Let's make let's make it work. I, I just don't I don't see that as a, a real actual possibility. Like you put on the rundown, how pumped am I? I'm not pumped because I don't think it's happening. Yeah, look. So here's here's what I don't get about this whole thing with Russell Wilson. All right, just kind of like zooming out of it for a second. So he. Obviously, we'd like to win. That's something that's been made clear. And by the way, he's won a lot. He's never had a losing season in the NFL, ever. They've only missed the playoffs once. They went 9-7 and seven that year. So he'd like to win. He'd also like to have more input. Okay, fair enough. And he'd like to have a much better offensive line. Okay, so let's, let's just – and he'd like to throw the ball more. I think those are kind of like the four tenants. And Seattle wins a lot, so I'm kind of tossing that out as something he's got to get more of. So let's run down this list. The Cowboys offensive line, once great, is now crumbling. It's okay now. The Raiders have a very good offensive line. The Bears couldn't block Carm. Okay? So let's let's start there. They want, he wants to win. Dallas hasn't gone to an NFC championship game since 1995. The last time the Raiders won a playoff game was the 2002 AFC championship game. And the last time their coach won a playoff game was two weeks later when he beat the Raiders in Super Bowl 37. The Saints, that is the one team, yes, I'd say he absolutely could go there and win, okay? And they have a very, very good offensive line. So if you want to make the argument for the Saints, 
And I, and he could potentially have some input there with Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. I can hear that argument. The other teams, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Bears, okay, with the Bears, could he have input there? I don't know. Maybe they'd be willing to give him input. The Raiders have John Gruden on a 10-year contract. He's not going to have more input than John Gruden because Mark Davis is not eating $10 million a year of John Gruden. That's not happening. And in Dallas, if you think that he's going to have more input on roster building than Jerry Jones is, I have a bridge to sell you. There is no chance he's going to have meaningful input in Dallas. You want to go ask Dak how things are going in Dallas right now, getting a contract, getting that worked out? Good luck. I, I don't understand. And in, in terms of throwing the ball more, the Cowboys have a $90 million running back. And the Raiders, okay, maybe they throw the ball more. They have no defense, and they're in a division with Patrick Mahomes. They're not winning anything anytime soon. Like I, It feels like that list was just made up out of thin air because there's no logic to it. The Saints, okay, fine. I understand the Saints. The other three teams, like, what is the argument? I, it, it's bizarre to me. The Bears are, no offense, clearly worse than Seattle. The Cowboys are a perpetual disaster. And the Raiders haven't won anything for two decades. I just, I don't, it seems like almost, it seems like complaining for the sake of it a little bit. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't have some valid argument with the offensive line. He's been sacked for maybe the last five years, but it, it's very bizarre to have that group of teams when you have that list of complaints. Is that true? He's been sacked more than anyone the last five years? Yes. Okay, well, coming to Chicago to play behind the Bears offensive line ain't going to be a, a great answer. Um, and I respect, by the way, if you think you can go somewhere and turn a situation around and you don't want to jump on a winner, that's not exactly what's going on here. But, like, I appreciate – some level of I could make a difference there. But we all know how this should go. Hey, if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is the problem in Seattle, then you side with the player and Pete needs to go coach someone else and his tenure in Seattle has been great, but somebody else should be coaching the football team. What should happen is that Pete and Russ should get in a room and, hey, here's where we're at. This is what I think we need to do. And, and Pete's got to realize that, that Russ is, is, the, is the bigger value here and, and try to work with him as best as possible to make it go in Seattle. That, that to me, is what should happen. I, I, right? Isn't that obvious? Am I missing something here? I, I don't understand how anybody in that situation could think that they're better off with a split. I don't get it. Now, I also wrote in my Stack in the Box column on Monday, which I hope people went out and read, we all know this couple. Right. This was the analogy I used. And I think it's especially true if you're in your 20s or maybe even, you know, you know, late 20s, early 30s, whatever. You go out to parties, you know, before COVID ruined everything. You're at the parties and you're out and maybe you're their significant other and you see that couple. Of, like you're all part of a circle of friends. And you're like, man, I, I, they're, they're the best looking couple there. Seems like everything's rolling. But then like if the party goes on, they kind of split away from each other and you start talking and – it's like he's complaining about her. He's got 18 different complaints that you're like, man, why? Like, really? Like, that's the biggest issue? Like, she doesn't keep the car, like, her car clean or something? Like, you know, you don't like that the car always looks like crap? 
And then she's complaining to her friends like, oh, like he doesn't, he doesn't, whatever. Uh, he doesn't, uh, you know, keep the toilet seat down and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you two are perfect for each other. Are you kidding me? Like, that's the argument. And as time goes on, like those little things that shouldn't really be a deal breaker become massive. And they end up splitting up. And then two years later, you're hanging out with your buddy. And he's like, man, I can't believe that didn't work out. I can't believe it. it was the best thing I ever had. And like, it's like, yeah, you're an idiot. It was the best thing you ever had. Like everyone in the world knew it except for the two of you. And I feel like that's the Seahawks and Russell Wilson right now. Like these little things that just can't be like, look, I get their offensive line has not been good, but every place you're going to go has problems. Every single play, Patrick Mahomes just got beat to hell last year. Okay. Like as that year wore on, their offensive line was not good. Okay. It wasn't just the Super Bowl, believe me. Now the offensive line was was put on on display in the Super Bowl. They were not good for huge chunks of that season. And it's like, yeah, look, the line could be better. And maybe, you know, he ought to put down the toilet seat. And maybe the car shouldn't be covered in salt and sand all the time. But like those are minor things in the grand scheme. Like you're winning constantly. You're always in the Super Bowl race. It's just very bizarre to me that they just cannot seem to figure out a little bit of common ground, a little compromise. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. Let's let's move on to into the future. And let's look at some under the radar free agents. Who do you like out there, Matt, that's not getting the J.J. Watt level of love? Who you think, I don't know, at uh, week six, week seven, we'll be getting some excited people saying, like, look, that was a phenomenal signing by X team. So I'll throw out a bunch of guys real quick. Um, number one on my list, and I've reported on him as well, is Danico Autry. I think Danico Autry is a really good player. 20 sacks over the last three years. He had seven and a half last year. Uh, a couple of years ago, he had nine. He can play all over the line. He has been with the Colts for the last three years. He's in his, you know, he's, I think, 29. Might just turned 30. He's a, he's a really good, versatile piece up front. Um, and he's, he's going to get a nice contract. I think he's going to get a better contract than people realize. And my understanding, speaking to a source, is that the Colts are trying to resign him, but that if he hits the market, Expect there to be a lot of competition for his services. And I know Matt Lombardo, a fan side, who was on the podcast last week, he also spoke to some people around the league and said, hey, give me a guy who's under the radar who's going to get paid. And one of the people that he spoke to said Autry. So um, that's a guy to look at. We talked a little bit about him earlier. Bud Dupree to me, there's some thought he might get a one-year deal because he tore his ACL uh, you know, Thanksgiving week. Bud Dupree is a phenomenal player. And nobody's talking about him because the Steelers fell off the face of the earth at the end of the season. He got hurt. Okay, so you don't have that buzz that some of these other guys do. Bud Dupree was a first-round pick and looked like he was going to go bust, okay? His first four years, four sacks, four and a half, six, five and a half. Like, nobody's excited about Bud Dupree. Then 2019 rolls around, 11 and a half sacks. And then this past year in 11 games, he had eight sacks. And he's a great defender against the run. Like Bud Dupree to me is a big time player. Um, but then to move on, like Marvin Jones, you'd be like, yeah, really Marvin Jones? Marvin Jones is a lot better than people realize. Uh, he's going to be 31 years old. He had 1,100 yards in 2017. 
Then he did miss some time in 2018. He played half the year. He had 508 yards, five touchdowns. Last two years, 779 in 13 games, nine touchdowns, and then played last season all 16 games, 76 catches for 978 yards and nine touchdowns. Like, either a borderline number one, but a really good number two. Like, a guy who, if he's your number two receiver, you're rolling. So those are a couple guys I look at and say, man, they're not getting any play, but they're really good players, and I expect them to have have good markets and to get to get a lot of value for the team that signs them. What do you think about a guy who's begging the Cleveland Browns to sign him in Rashard Higgins, who caught what? 30? Right? I mean, he's literally begging Cleveland. He's never had, like, you know, breakout year. But it's just a solid wide receiver in a – like I look at teams who are trying to uh, find value at a position where most times you're paying a premium. And, and I don't know. It, it's, he has not been in a great situation in Cleveland. And perhaps the Browns aren't just keen on bringing him back. I, that's, uh, to me, that's an interesting name out there as far as impact. He, he's, could he's be an, an impactful offense. Yeah. I mean, look, the, 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 the problem he's had is he's never been a starter for them really up until Beckham got hurt this year. He's been there five years, he's only 26. But he also has never played a full 16-game year except for his rookie year when he barely played. Um, but you're right. I mean, look, he had, he had 600 yards this year, four touchdowns in like a, a kind of a part-time role. I do think he's interesting. I'll give you one other guy real quick because I think this guy is a really good player and he's just so under the radar. William Jackson, corner for the Bengals, is a phenomenal man cover corner. Really, really good. Um, missed time as a rookie. Since then, he's been durable. Only has three picks in his career. Like, he's not a big turnover guy, so I get it. Like, I get why he doesn't get the accolades. William Jackson's a legitimate number one corner in this league. He's very good. And I think if he gets out of Cincinnati's scheme and gets to a real, like a, a man heavy scheme, and Doug Farrar, who works over at USA Today, is a buddy of mine, does great work. Um, he pointed that out both today and, I think, and he's pointed out in the past. Like, and, he, and he's spot on. Jackson's a, a, a cover corner, man corner, can get physical. He lands in the right scheme. That guy has all pro potential. Like it. All right. Let's, let's look at Baltimore and uh, a team that's trying to get back to where they were and then actually get over the hump. Interesting offseason. Uh, I mean, Ngakwe is a free – if is a free agent, do you bring him back? How much are you going to pay? Um, you, you've got a lot of questions here. You need wide receiver help as well. Marquise Brown is not uh, – I mean, he right. has had his moments, but he's certainly not consistent. Should you be calling up Chicago or not necessarily Chicago, but Allen Robinson, do you have, they don't really have the money to do all this. Like what do they prioritize? A lot of tough questions for the Ravens. You're right. A lot of tough questions. And I, look, I look at the defensive side of the ball. Cause that's to me how they win. I know they have Lamar Jackson, but defensively is how they've been a, a really good team for a few years now. Like Matthew Judon, He's hitting free agency for the first time. They just had him on the tag. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, nine and a half sacks a year ago. This past season, at six sacks, a little bit down. But he's, you know, but you look at the quarterback hits. 2019, he had 33 quarterback hits, and then last year he had 21. They also went out and got Yannick Ngakwe. Now he's also going to hit unrestricted free agency for the first time. And Ngakwe is a really, really good passer. He doesn't offer a lot against the run, man, but you're talking eight sacks, 12 sacks, nine and a half sacks, eight sacks, another eight sacks. Like, that is a guy 
who, and is also only 25 years old, by the way, came in the league young. So I think if you're the Ravens, you got to at least sign one of those guys. Like you lose both of them. Where's your pass rush coming from? Calais Campbell? Like I, and look, Calais Campbell's had a great career. He's ancient. Like he's an ancient player. And he's still good. Still good. But like last year, look, you, you look at 2017, he was an all pro, 14 and a half sacks. Since then, 10 and a half sacks, six and a half sacks, four sacks. He made the Pro Bowl last year, but with all due respect, he should not have made the Pro Bowl. He played 12 games and had four sacks. He he had no business being in the Pro Bowl. He made it on name recognition. So I think you got to add a receiver. You got to keep one of those guys. And then in the draft, like, you if you're going to roll with Lamar Jackson deep into the future here, and they got a big decision to make on giving him an extension this offseason, like, if you are going to, if you're going to go that route, you've got to get him receivers. You've got to put playmakers galore around him. And, and I think it starts in free agency, but it continues through the draft. If they don't do that, I think they continue to hit their head on that ceiling of maybe you win one playoff game and then you're done. Well, you're, it's total rock and a hard place because you're not letting Lamar Jackson go. You have to pay him, but you also are going to feel like the way this is set up, we should always be a playoff team, but we're really going to need things to break right for us to ever win the whole damn thing. So we may perennially be a team that's in the playoffs, but it's a a team that's always not going to quite have enough, which by the way, is not the worst place to be in the NFL or in any league, like a team that goes to the playoffs every year. You're not a disaster. You're in the mix and you got a shot at it. There's, there's no people like dog those teams, but it's like, Oh, you're a really good football team. You're just not the best. Right. And, and, and that's where that, I mean, it looks like the Ravens are going to be right there and nobody can, you know, football changes by the day, but that's what it feels like they're going to be in the next, you know, one to three years. So, I, I mean, they're, they're I not, agree. they're not moving on from Lamar. They, 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 that, that'd be, that'd be suicidal. Um, all right. And speaking of like, being a very good team that's not going to win at all. That's the Steelers and Big Ben coming back for one more year. It's like the breakup that you should have but don't want to have, and you're just holding on for one last uh, great vacation together. That's basically what's going on in Pittsburgh here. Um, I, I don't. I, I like loyalty, so he deserves to play in my mind as long as he wants to for everything he's done for the franchise. But it's it's nothing. There's nothing exciting about it. I think they're right to bring him back because I just don't think they have any other options. They're sure, totally capped out. Mason Rudolph sucks. I think that's a pretty safe assumption at this point. Who are they bringing in? Who's coming in? Like Brian Fitzpatrick's coming in? Jameis? Who's coming in? So if you're the Steelers, here, here's the inconvenient truth. Ben Roethlisberger is done. He's completely washed up physically. He cannot throw the football anymore. He is probably going to look like Peyton Manning did his final year. Now, the Steelers would take that ending, but unless uh, unless a lot of things go right, he's probably not going to have that ending, okay? He cannot drive the football. But I still think, yeah, it's probably the right move to keep him. And I would draft a quarterback very early behind him if they have the right value. But I, I don't know. How, what else do you do? Who's playing? Like, if you're them, you might as well ride it out with Roethlisberger, give him his swan song, and then just let him retire. Because I, I don't know that you – if they had a better option, I listen, I, I like loyalty too. I'd say cut him in a heartbeat. But I don't know where you're right. going. You know, like I, I think – you- 
Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Might as well play them. Try to win another 10 games. Have a nice season. And understand that this year is kind of a transition year. The next couple of years are probably going to be in Pittsburgh. Their year to win was last year. They had a great start. They had a great defense. Some injuries caught up to them with Bush and with Dupree. And the offense, just as time went on, it became obvious. And teams just realized, look, they can't throw the ball deep. We're just going to choke off everything at the line of scrimmage. It's fine. Pittsburgh has had a great run for 15 years with him. It's over. But now you get the one last goodbye tour. And I just like that he's getting that goodbye tour there versus Montana in Kansas City or even Phillip Rivers in Indy, which was a nice little cute uh, way to end it. And I, I don't know. I I guess it's a nice story with when it, when you win a Super Bowl and do it in Tampa. But like if I'm a if I'm a Patriots fan right now, I'm I'm nauseous. I just won the Super Bowl and with a, I mean I'm happy for Brady, but I've, I've I'm pissed at New England. So I, I I like the fact that he's gonna end it right there in in a Steelers uniform. It's where he belongs. Uh, let, let's talk salary cap. TV deals are coming in here. You know, is the cap going to stay flat? Which uh, at, at least at one point it was thought that we were going to have a major dip, which could cause huge problems. It seems like we're not, we're going to have a, teams are going to be in a better situation than what was originally pr- uh, predicted. It's tough to say, but look, the good news is with the Monday night football package getting figured out with, with the Disney company staying on ESPN and that ABC gets added to the, the rotation for the Super Bowl at $2 billion. I mean, that is the NFL is doing just fine. Um, but yeah, I think realistically it definitely helps because it seems as though you read other reports, and I'll be the first to admit I have no plug-in when it comes to the media side of this stuff. So I, I'm I'm flying blind and reading reports like everybody else, but it seems as though the Sunday packages are pretty easy to negotiate from here on out with CBS and NBC and Fox. And if that's the case, you gotta be looking at this if you're the NFL and saying, let's wrap this thing up as soon as humanly possible. Because we can we can inject a bunch of money into this year's salary cap and avoid what is going to be a, a, a bloodletting in free agency when you're cutting everybody to get under the cap and nobody has any money to spend. Um, it's the rare time where the NFLPA and the NFL, they all want to be on the same page here. They all want the cap to stay flat. They do not want it to go down. I, I think it's telling. How many guys outside of J.J. Watt have been cut? Nobody's getting cut. Nobody. Because teams don't know what the cap's going to be. Right. And oh. you're, you're also not seeing a big bunch of signings either. Like, even of, of like, of guy, like re-signings I'm talking about. You're not seeing that either. There has been no, – nobody's been tagged. Like, there's been no movement. And it's because everybody's waiting to see what the salary cap's going to be. Yep. Total holding pattern, um, which – I just think things are going to get really interesting come draft time because you're going to have more clarity as far as what the dollars are going to look like. And then like Deshaun Watson to me still feels like the whole key to the entire off season. 
are the Texans really going to decide that no matter what you are saying right now, we are willing to take on the drama of you being unhappy here? Because if you don't deal them ahead of the draft, then, then you are all in, right? You're, you're all in all the way through next season. Because you're you're not gonna you're not gonna make a trade for draft picks when you, where you when you don't know what picks you're getting, so they have they have to decide if they're and and if they decide they're gonna move them, then you could see just a, a bunch of wild movement. You could you could end up in Carolina, so then now Teddy's on the move, or you know there's a million things that could happen here, which would be really interesting. So, I per, first of all, great point. I completely agree with you. Um, I've been saying on the radio all week and probably for the last couple of weeks. The deadline to move Watson is not about free agency because they're not going to find a replacement free agency for him anyway. The, the deadline is essentially the week of the draft. The draft is April 29th. So I mean, what do you want to say? April 25th, something like that. Because I, I am in a hundred percent agreement with you. And that's a scary thing. But look, if, if they don't move him by the draft, there is no point in moving him until next off season at that, at that juncture. If you're Jack Easterby and Nick Casario and Cal McNair, you're telling Deshaun Watson and his representation, look, we are not trading you. And if you want to sit out, we will find the daylights out of you. You will not get paid. And eventually, you're going to come back. And you know why that is? Because you're not going to forfeit millions and millions and millions of dollars and lose a year of free agency. Now, maybe he sits out half the year, whatever. But he is the odds of him sitting out the whole year – are crazy. And for people who say, well, Le'Veon Bell did it. It was a totally different situation. He was on the tag, and he could get out of there after that year. It's different. Now, I don't think Deshaun Watson's value would tank if he sat out there. I think it'd still be the same value. But if you're the Texans and you don't trade him by, by April 25th, absolutely. You just wait it out. You wait it out. And then you go back to the drawing board if you have to next offseason. But I'm with you. If they don't trade him by the draft, they're not trading him. I'm in for the drama. I'd love, I'd love him to be moved. I think it's, I think it's actually, if done properly, best for him and best for Houston. I know that's, that's if Houston makes the right deal, which is a huge, if it, it could work out incredibly well for the Texans and you kind of, you, you, you reset your franchise, which is what really they have to do right now, but that's a tough thing to face up to. Do you, do you like, and I know we're going a little off script here, but I think it's an interesting conversation to have briefly. Do you like the so-called player empowerment era in sports? And I know it's really been a thing in the NBA. Now we're seeing a little more in the NFL. And, I, and I'm not saying do you like the players have more power? Because I think most people will agree that it's not a bad thing that players are having a little bit more control of their own careers. But do you like it when it feels – and I'm not saying this – this is honestly more of a broader question, not a Deshaun Watson question, because Deshaun Watson's stuck with a tire fire of an organization. But, you know, Russell Wilson, guys like that, do you like it when it feels like the second something doesn't go wrong, guys are willing to get out? And, it, you know, do you like it from the – as you mentioned, the drama standpoint, the player movement standpoint? Do you think it's bad for sports, good for sports? How do you feel? So – I mean, I'm old school. One team, one career. Let's go. Through the good, through the bad. Uh, Dan Marino never won it, but like uh, Hall of Famer all day long. And if he had been in a better situation, could have won five Super Bowls. 
but it doesn't take away, at least in my mind, from his career. But there, I, I do appreciate that we are now realizing who actually has the power here. And it is the player. That is the reason I'm going to the game. That's why I pay whatever ridiculous price we're paying for tickets, depending on the market nowadays. It's because I'm going to see him and not, you know, the, it, it's more about the back of the jersey than the front of the jersey, at least, you know, um, as far as paying those prices for tickets. I'm way more apt to go see a Bulls game because Michael Jordan's playing versus going to pay whatever the hell they would be charging now if we weren't in COVID, if, if I was in that situation. So, but that being said, the things don't go well. I just want to jump to a winner and then I want to, because I want to quote win. Like that narrative bothers the living daylight side of just because you jumped on a team that's got made stars and, and now you're a piece of it. It doesn't make you a winner. That makes you actually a loser. You, you ran from a situation because you didn't think you could win. Uh, so uh, I, I, don't, I don't give guys credit for it. Now, should they be able to do it? Yes, but, it, but it, I don't, it doesn't, to me, uplift them as far as legacy is concerned. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with all that. I, to me, I, I like that teams now are both being held accountable and in some cases rewarded for their competence or incompetence. Right? Like, I like that. That's a good thing. I think free agency is the best thing to happen to sports in a lot of ways. Yes, it does break up teams. I get that. There's more movement. But you are rewarded for being a stable organization, a good organization. You can't just be an owner who nickel and dimes everybody. Right. So I think that's a good thing. However, I completely agree with you. These guys, And it, it's an NBA thing more than it is in other sports, but now you're starting to see it a little in the NFL where it's like, and I'll take him to task on this. Like, Russell Wilson, what are you complaining about? You win all the time. You're paid a fortune. They've put star players around you your entire career. What is the problem? Did your offensive line think, okay, fine. You want to have that argument? Fine. It's not a reason to get out of town. Like that, to me, is ridiculous. Well, he wants to throw the ball more, which... Which he did, and he turned the ball over a zillion times over the course of a month, and they were like, all right, maybe it's time to run it more. And, and again, I have no problem with that. I don't blame him for that. But like, okay, you want to go to the Bears and throw the ball more? Have fun. Right. Have fun. But that would be for him to learn and him to experience, like, okay. I, but the look, guy's a smart guy. Does he not understand that? Maybe I, not. That just blows my mind. Like his representation doesn't sit down with him and go, look, Russell, like you want to go somewhere else, man. We can talk about that. Like what? That I mean, and, and I'll, I'll finish here, but your point about being a winner, I completely agree. Now Wilson is an example. He is a winner. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to two. But a guy like James Harden, who just says, I want out. I want to go play with, with Kyrie and, and KD. I don't give a shit if they win a title or not. Like, what, what does that prove that James – great, congratulations. You, you you won with a million – and I, they're not winning anyway, by the way, because you can't stop anyone. But, like, <laughs> you went there and won – who cares? If Giannis wins a title with the Bucks at any point, that title to me carries way more weight than any amount of titles that James Harden's going to win in Brooklyn. Now, you're going to argue that? That's fine. But it carries way more weight. I like Kevin Durant. I'm a Durant guy. But, like, him going to the Warriors and winning titles there, as great as he was, like, does that does that carry the same weight that Tim Duncan's titles? No, like, it doesn't to me. 
Well, it never will. It never could. And that, that and that's why, by the way, he ended up going to Brooklyn because he never felt like he was getting the proper respect for doing what he did in Golden State. So, okay, fine. I'll go to the Nets and we'll see if I get the respect for lifting this team up. Um, because right. he felt I, – I think it's clear that he felt a little bit of a void, even though they were – one of the best teams to ever play basketball without question. Um, all right, let, let's wrap it up here. In or out, we got four topics for you. The Chiefs believe that Eric Fisher will be ready in August. This will happen. Uh, you, you got this one, Verram. In or out, what's happening with Fisher? I think the Chiefs are insane for this. And I – look, I do not know his medical situation anywhere near as well as the Kansas City Chiefs presumably know it. So let's let's start with that caveat, Okay. However, the man is a 300-pounder who's on the other side of 30 who tore his Achilles tendon in late January. On Monday, Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach came out in a press conference and said, we expect that he'll be back by mid-August. Okay, so not to start a trading camp, but maybe about midway through. I'm out on this. You're telling me? He's going to be ready to play football in seven months off a torn Achilles tendon. That seems aggressive to be kind. Now, if you, if I'll tell you what, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, who's also rehabbing right now for the next couple of months with his foot injury, I'm nervous about a couple of things that's gone on. Now, like Fisher and Mitch Schwartz on the other side are very good player. Schwartz, a great player. Shout out to the uh, Schwartz brothers, Jeff Schwartz, uh, a hilarious character. But Jeff, uh, <laughs> Jeff, Mitch Schwartz is coming off of back surgery, which he had last week. He is going to be, I believe, 32. Fisher, I believe, is 31 without looking it up off the top of my head. And he's coming off an Achilles surgery. And the Chiefs are just like, yeah, they'll both be fine. Week one. I, that is a huge leap of faith. And if it doesn't work out, Patrick Mahomes is going to be behind another offensive line, potentially. That's a disaster. Now, maybe Veach looks at this and says, hey, look, we're still going to draft a couple guys high in the draft. Or we're going to sign somebody. We're not. We're going to make sure we're fortified. That's to be seen. That could happen. And if it does, and it changes the equation. But right now, when you're hearing, yeah, Eric Fisher's going to be back mid-August. We feel good about it. Like, that is... That is a scary thing if you're Patrick Mahomes because you better hope that Achilles is okay. You better hope Mitch Schwartz's back is okay. And then Laurent Duvernay-Tardif coming back from the from opting out for the COVID uh, list. You, you better hope that works out okay. That is – there's a lot going on there. Yep, but feels like there's just not a lot of great options, right? I mean, you going to spend a bunch of money on offensive line? Do you, great if- tackle class. Great class. Okay, hey, that, that and maybe that, they do that still. I'm not saying they won't, but I I'm that do. is like you're yeah. you're really, really, really hedging your bets with those with those injury situations. I, I bet they're aggressive in the draft. That makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Cardinals okay. are now a playoff team with JJ Watt in or out. Out. I'm out. If you suffer from ED, 15 minutes could change your life. Peak Performance for Men offers a revolutionary treatment called Focus Linear Compression Therapy. There's no pain, no needles, and no downtime. Now, Peak Performance for Men is offering six sessions free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. There's never been a better time or a better deal to fix ED. Call Columbus's only trusted Focus Linear Compression Therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. 
at 614-739-8181. He doesn't typically stay healthy at this point in his career. And again, I do I do think they're an interesting young team. I do. I, I, I liked them a lot last year, and I still like them a lot. Kingsbury as a coach worries me. I think we saw a lot of flaws last year. Now, he's young. He can get better. But does he get better? We, we have to see. And Watt just is not a guy who I'm relying on to play 16 games. Look, I, I love watching J.J. Watt, okay? And I, I, I've never spoken to him. I've never met him. But from, from afar, I admire who the guy is. You know, all the work he did with Hurricane Harvey and everything else. I'm rooting for J.J. Watt. I just, if I'm using my brain, I, I, am I confident he's going to be healthy? No. Am I confident they're going to be better than anybody in that division? No. So I'm out. Regrettably out. I'm a buyer on Arizona. Kyler Murray, you're coming up. They don't, they don't even need J.J. This is like the... The sprinkle on top of the icing. I, 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 I don't know. On top of the icing. That makes sense. I think on top of the ice cream. Either way, uh, I'm not on. as I'm not I'm not I, I, I'm, I'm the dysfunction in Seattle. Um, the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Matthew Stafford, you got to prove it somehow, some way. I think the Cardinals are going to have uh, a finish off their season a whole lot better next year. And I think Watt will help on the field and, and, and in the locker room too, just to, there'll be some le- level of juice that they perhaps have been missing. Maybe they can, by the way, bring uh, Deshaun Watson over there too. We can have, we can have Hopkins. We can have Watt. We can have, we can have, I mean, listen, we might as well bring Bill O'Brien back at this point, uh, get Cliff Kingsbury out of there. The Cowboys Verderan, they're going to use the franchise tag on Dak again. Yeah, I think it's happening. I'm in. I'm in. You'd have to be now. Now maybe they maybe they tag him and then work out a long term deal. But I think it starts with the tag, right? Like I, the tag. I believe they have one more week from today when we're recording this year on March second. I think they have one more week. I believe the deadline's in ninth. You've got. I mean, you've heard nothing out of out of those camps that they're close on a contract. And and look, everything leaks out of Dallas. So you're going to tell me that. They're not going to tag it. I mean, you're not letting him hit free agency. So I've got to think he's probably going to get tagged again. Yeah, it seems very likely at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I would bet on it all day. And But I do think that they'll continue to, quote, unquote, work on a deal. And the Dak for Russell thing is, is interesting. I don't think that's going to happen. But until Dak has got a long-term deal and until Russell figures out his situation – I mean, maybe there's a conversation should be had about those two flipping situations and whatever the accompanying draft picks are to make it uh, palatable for a, a Cowboys team that's taking on a much older quarterback, I guess. But I, I don't even know. I mean, Dex, Dex coming off an injury or who knows what he's going to be. I know you're very confident that he'll be the same Dak, and I guess most people are. But to me, that if I'm Seattle, that would be – I feel – You absolutely have to consider it. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, week one starter in San Francisco, in or out. I'm in, but I, I do think, look, there's no there's no secret here. The Niners have been willing to move off him for a while. And and the reason I put that is you start hearing talk now. Uh, there was the uh, can't speak. There was a report that um, they were interested in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I don't get that. Like, Bridgewater, I like him, but is he an upgrade from from Garoppolo? Like, I don't, I don't really think he is. Unless you just think Garoppolo can't stay healthy and you want to go, okay, fine, but I think he's the week one starter, but I think it's tenuous. And I would not be shocked if the Niners took a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this whole thing is going to be, like, we go back to the Watson thing. 
how that spins out, you know, may, may, if, if, that, if that gets interesting, if there actually is movement, then I think Garoppolo probably ends up somewhere else. But if, if for whatever calmer heads prevail and Watson stays in Houston and Russell stays in Seattle, then I think the Niners probably continue to go down the road for one more year. Although I'm surprised that like new England's not aggressively calling to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think if, if he becomes available, <laughs> that is the overwhelming favorite for where he'll land. Right. And, if you're not all in on him, then then I don't know why you're. If you're San Francisco, why you're not. Is Jimmy calling. Garoppolo good? I, I mean, they listen. They got to a Super Bowl, um, which that's not what I asked. Is he good? No, it, uh, the Bears got through a Rex Grossman. Is yeah, he okay. good? No, no, no one thinks he's good. But I think he's like number eighteen in the league. Yeah, it's probably I was going to say twenty. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and sometimes you can't do better than number 18 in the league, depending on your situation. The bears are at number 38 in the league right now. So there's that it's, 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 it ain't great. Uh, what's going on, Verderam? You know, damn well, what's going on. The Knicks continue to rise up. They are fourth in the East. They play the Spurs on the road tonight or coming off an overtime game last night against the Nets. And then the Knicks come home and they face the bullshit ass Pistons who they should absolutely blow out of the water. They just killed them over the weekend in Detroit. This one's in the garden. I'm in. I'm all in, man. It's, <laughs> I've been waiting 20 years for this team not to suck. 20 years. Like, as much as I'm an NFL guy, it's, it was a huge love of mine as a child. That obviously still is now. It's my passion. It's my business. The first team I loved, the Knicks. I, I love the Knicks for anything else. When I was a kid – Far and away, the Knicks were my biggest enjoyment. Uh, part of that was I lived in New York, and I got to see them all the time, whereas yeah, obviously the Chiefs I didn't as a kid, and, and I didn't care about baseball until I was almost a teenager, but um, at least not watching it. I loved playing it. But as a Knicks fan, man, I loved those 90s teams, and then they sucked for 20 years. And not only do I love watching this team, they remind me of those 90s teams. Like – not not overly talented, but, man, you get an honest night out of every one of those guys every night. They play killer defense. And you know who else was around for those 90s teams? Tom Thibodeau. That's who was around for those 90s teams, okay, as an assistant coach. And now he's bringing that same, that same just blood and guts back. I love it. It's exciting. I know they're a limited team. I get all that. I don't care. It's fun watching the Knicks again for the first time in two decades. So just a reminder, and I and I and I love that you're excited, and I and I love that Derrick Rose is in the starting lineup and 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 playing good basketball. Um, last three games, eight or last let's go last four, 16, 18, 17, and fourteen. He's been very good for them. Eight assists, six assists, eleven assists, five assists, four steals. By the way, in the Pacers game, I didn't watch any of these games, so I don't know if they're just falling in his hand or he's playing actual defense. No, he's been good. D Rose getting her done, but they're two games out of the 10th spot and they're three yeah, and four and a half out of the number one spot. What of it? Okay. So it's, it's just very interesting how this whole thing is going to spin. Oh, look, it, it could absolutely fall, but their schedule is tough down the stretch. They have like a six game road trip to end the year. Like it's going to be, it's going to be hard, but it feels like this is the beginning of something and not just like one of these random one-off years with the Knicks where they luck into like five veterans like Kenyon Martin and Rasheed Wallace. and Like, like R.J. Barrett is 20 years old. 
And he's inconsistent, but he can play. Like, there's clearly an upside with him. Julius Randle was a guy that for years people were like, yeah, he's just never going to figure it out. Well, he figured it out. He's pretty damn good. Not only is he putting up major numbers, he's really efficient doing it. And then Emmanuel quickly, outside of LaMelo Ball, might be the best rookie in the league this year. He's been great. He's been legitimately really, really good. And they've got a coach. It was great. You would have appreciated this. So on Sunday night, they're in they're in the Palace, or I guess now it's not the Palace, Little Caesars or whatever it is, that, that morgue that they play in Detroit. And the Knicks are winning the game pretty much all the way through by, by double digits. And Obi Toppin, their first-round pick, who's not gotten a ton of run, is playing because Taj Gibson's hurt and they need a big whatever. And you can hear everything because there's no fans. Tom Thibodeau is just screaming at Obi Toppin entire game like screaming at him oh me oh me and it's every time he's back on defense right and like he misses a pick and roll and Tom Thibodeau is just laying into Obi Toppin for like 10 straight minutes and it was great and at the end of the game the Knicks were up 25 points with two minutes left the starting five was out on the floor on the back end of a back-to-back Tom Thibodeau was not going to let up one inch that entire game it was just but I, and I know it may hurt him in the – I love it. That team, they play hard all night. And they're limited offensively, but they win because it, it is an absolute brawl to get to 100 points against them. I love it. Old school, baby. I've always been a Tib guy. I always will be a Tib guy. And he ain't changing, to your point. And by the way, but he's doing exactly what I said he would do. Uh, look. Lou Aldang, Joakim Noah, you can pick Taj Gibson. There's just a, a lot of guys, Jimmy Butler, dudes that got to a level in their career that they just wouldn't have gotten to had Tibbs not been coaching them and realizing their strengths. And what's going on with Julius Randle this year is the same damn thing. The dude is le- he's leading the team not just in points. He's leading the team in rebounds. He's leading the team in assists. And he's always been a good player, but he's, he's next leveling and under tips. That's what happens. He, he sees guys and he figures out how to help them and they play better with them. I'll, I'll leave it at this, but I thought to go back to that Detroit game quick. Cause it was like, they, they just won a really gutty game against the Pacers at the garden. Came right down to it. They win the game. They get on a plane. They fly to Detroit. It's a classic game. There's no energy. Detroit's terrible. Like, it's a classic, classic game where the Knicks would have gone there and lost by 15 points. Like, they would have had a complete laydown. And they get in there, and they're winning the game, and then they pull away in the third quarter, and it's a blowout by the time it's in the third quarter. And I mentioned they played the starters to the end of the game. There was a sequence with about a minute and 15 seconds left. They're up by 25 points. Loose ball on the offensive end of the court. And the Knicks ended – the possession ended up in a turnover. But Nerlens Noel and Derrick Rose are full-on diving for the basketball. Like, it, like it was game seven of the NBA finals. It was insane. The amount of effort was just – I can't tell you as a Knicks fan how long it's been since I've watched guys really close out on threes and really box out and go for – I mean, for 20 years – a guy would get an open attempt for a three and Quentin Richardson would just stand there and look at the guy, shoot the ball. I mean, literally not even like jog to him, just like, nah, I don't care. Shoot it. And now with the Knicks, like Emmanuel quickly has been great for them, but, and Thibodeau said this a few times, like he'll blow one defensive assignment. He's out of the game. That's it. 
That's it. And like, there's a party that's like, come on, man, I don't want to watch Randy Bullock. Like, for the love of God, give me more Emmanuel quickly. But it's a message. You're not going to blow an assignment. You are not going to play. And you know what? Guess who doesn't blow defensive assignments anymore 30 games into his career? Emmanuel quickly. Because he knows he's going to be parked on the bench if he blows an assignment. I love it, man. I love fundamentals. I love playing hard. It is so easy to root for a team that plays hard, even if they're not great. And I, they're a joy to watch. They really are. We'll wrap it on that. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 loved, I loved everything you said, with the exception of my guy Q, Q Rich. Love you and the knuckleheads. Love listening to you. It's okay that you didn't have that one closeout in New York. It's, it's all right. You're, you're, you're still the man. You were great at DePaul. You're great with the Clippers. And you were, you were a heart and soul guy. Q, Q Rich, if he heard that, he's going to hunt you down for the rim. He's got a good excuse on that closeout. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe be like, you know what? I was, I was checked out. Yeah. I was in New York. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Believe me. Because it wasn't one closeout. It was the greater <laughs> part of 5,000. <laughs> We will see you next time on Stack in the Box. Uh, my my closeout, by the way, is to my guy Joe Kim Noah announcing his uh, retirement. One of the a heart and soul of a Chicago Bull player, and they should retire number thirteen in Chicago. Retire thirteen. Second I, highest I, paid Nick on the team this year. I, I I I love I love Noah. That was well. Hey, listen, good contract for Joe. Oh, he got paid. He did <laughs> seventy two billion over four years. Please uh, give a rating if you have time. We really appreciate it. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. If you've listened this long, you must subscribe. It is it is a requirement at this point. We will see you next Wednesday. Stacking the box in your offseason coming at you. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.